EHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been with my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, your host, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town. Welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. When neighbors don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This time on KB Cabaret, we present the band Big Mean Sound Machine and a special Midge segment written by Carol Silverberg. Welcome to our time to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. Dear Granny Ada, I have a problem in my office. Unfortunately, my problem is with my boss, who is the supervisor and the HR in the company. So really, there's no one to go to for complaints. Unless I want to leave my job, which I don't, I have nowhere to go. This is my problem. My boss likes to indulge too much of her relationship problems with me. Now, I personally just want to mind my own business, as I had for 15 years. However, last year, my nephew married her daughter, and she feels we have to be besties. Well, now I constantly hear about her boyfriend problems, her marriage problems. Yes, she is married and has boyfriends on the side. Oh, her mother and her mother-in-law problems. I don't need to hear her soap opera predicaments. I really don't. I have told her this. She just laughs it off. I have worn headphones, and she told me it's against company policy. I have gotten up to the ladies, and she just follows me in there. I don't socialize with her unless it's a family function. I'm at my wit's end. My retirement with pension is only a few more years from now, and I don't want to lose it. But Granny Ada, I am personally losing my sanity, listening to Ms. Loose Lips. What should I do? Held hostage by this immoral woman. Dear hostage, how delightful. Having a big mouth burden you down with her cheap infidelities. It seems her lips are not the only things that are loose, dear. 
I do not understand how grown women, and men for that matter, do not find it shameful to be sleeping around and then shouting it out, almost bragging. Obviously, there were some neglect issues during childhood which constantly make them look for approval in the bedroom. Now that you're related, you even have a bigger burden, knowing her husband, mother-in-law, and daughter. You are in a pickle, dear. The only advice I have for you is to wear earplugs. There are some lovely brands you can invest in at an audiologist near you. When she comes around, uh, just smile and nod and hope you aren't agreeing to anything decadent, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Thank you for writing, honey, and have a nice day. Granny Atta. gentlemen, Parlor City chef extraordinaire, Beulah Deschamps. <laughs> Beulah Deschamps, world traveler, right now in... Well, Brie, right now I am walking in the Piazza della Signoria, or Palazzo Vecchio. This basically is the political hub of Florence. I have to tell you, Brie, the architecture is amazing. The palazzo, or the old palace, dates back to the 1500s, and it's like a massive fortress. It's a very impressive town hall. Adjacent to this is a gallery of statues, including a copy of Michelangelo's David in one of my favorite places here in Florence. It's the Loggia dei Lanzi. This hosts some wonderful museums and other cultural points. Sounds absolutely amazing. Oh, it is. Well, back home, we have a remarkable country, rolling hills and interesting buildings, baseball and opera houses, too. But I tell you, Brie, being here in Florence is like stepping back into a different world. The rush is here, but time is taken to enjoy and save a life. You sound at home being there just for a few short weeks. Well, I can thank some of the friends I've made here, like Gina, my son's wedding planner, and, of course, Carlo. <laughs> ah, yes, Carlo. The chef assistant you met and saw Don Giovanni with? How is Carlo? Oh, just fine, just fine. As a matter of fact, he is walking with me on the piazza. Oh? Do you want to say hello to him? No, 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 that's not necessary. Ciao, signorina. <laughs> Ciao, Carlo. Che bella giornata. I'm sorry? Um, is how you say, um... It is a beautiful day. Oh, see, <laughs> see, si, si. que bella giornata. <laughs> <laughs> Carlo is taking me to a special chocolate and sweet shop around the Piazza della Signoria called Venki. Oh, wow. This is a very traditional chocolatier going back to the 1850s. Isn't that right, Carlo? Si, Beulah, si. E molto tradizionale. As a matter of fact, there are many interesting traditions when it comes to the way of eating here in Italy that I never knew or considered. What do you mean? 
Well, breakfast for one. Italians pretty much drink coffee for breakfast, and, well, maybe they eat a bowl of cornetto. A what? That's a corn cereal, pretty new on the grocery shelves here. Unless you are in a hotel, really, there's no full American breakfast. Huh. Now, I knew about snacking being practically non-existent here, but eating bread before dinner is considered unpractical. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes, if you eat before dinner, you won't be hungry. Well, I guess that makes sense. And, Bree, you should never have coffee before or during a meal. What? That's right. It's considered dangerous and not kosher. <laughs> really? Even afterwards, it has to be a cafe normale, not a cappuccino. Milk after a meal is considered bad for the digestion. Huh, how interesting. It is. But once you get used to the traditional etiquette around here, you actually feel better. Oh, here we are. Prego. Oh, thank you, Carlo, honey. Oh, Bree, this place is incredible. There is a chocolate waterfall behind the bar. They serve cocoa, mocha, chocolate liqueurs, gelatos, wrapped chocolates, you name it. Oh, but here is my f absolute favorite, biscotti triple dipped in chocolate. Carlo's getting me one of those. You know I have the recipe for triple-dipped biscottis that are just as good as these. I am going to be sharing it with your audience. Oh, please do, Beulah. Are they hard to make? Well, if you have the time, they are easy to make. Just weigh, measure, and mix. But you have to use quality ingredients like good flavorful butter and fine double-zero milled flour and, of course, Belgian white milk and dark chocolates. I use any liquor and wine that I have in the house to make the biscotti, usually cognac or rum are good, and wine like Chianti. They are twice baked, hence the name, so they can be a little fragile going into the oven for round two. I see. Ecco bella, Beulah. Grazie, Carlo. Mm. Oh. oh, my, these are absolutely heavenly. Mm. Crunchy yet smooth, melt-in-your-mouth texture. Almost as good as mine. <laughs> but, no, seriously, just as good as mine because of the quality and the freshness. I wish I could just reach right in that screen and taste it. Oh, it looks amazing. As soon as I download the recipe on my app, you will be able to make a whole batch of these heavenly bites. You can count on it, Beulah. Well, dear, I must go. We have to pack soon. Oh? Oh, yes, we are hopping on a high-speed train to Naples in the morning. High-speed train? Oh, yes. It would normally take about five hours to drive there, but this way it takes a little over two hours. We need some of those here. Mm, I know. Well, arrivederci, dear. And don't forget to post the triple-dipped biscotti on the app. I won't forget. <laughs> arrivederci, Beulah. Bye, Carla. <laughs> Well, I am so glad she's having fun. I will post Beulah's chocolate triple dip biscotti on her recipe page. You can find this and all of her other recipes on the KB Cabaret app. Just go to our website, kbcabaret.com. That's kbkabaret.com and download your app today.
Is this on? Um, hello, I'm Mitch the Poodle, and this is a little segment that we call The World as I See It. Um, listeners, today we have a special guest. Actually, we've had this guest on before, and um, I would like to welcome back Dr. Fluffy McFluffkins, PhD, who claims to be, I mean, I'm sorry, who is a thoroughly educated rabbit. Hello, kind Parlor City listeners. Uh, hello, Midge. Thank you for inviting me back to your radio show. I'm really pleased to have you here, um, Fluffy, Dr. Fluffy. Um, welcome to my show. And today we have a very interesting and fun topic that is close to my heart, or should I say stomach. Um, I would like to talk about food. Oh, that sounds very yummy to me. Isn't it, though? I know, right? Well, anyway, so, Dr. Fluffy, I understand that bunnies are vegan. Is that correct? Uh, yes, Midge. We are proud vegans. No animals get hurt for our food. Our food is cruelty-free. Well, um, we poodles, we're carnivores. Um, but don't get too upset. I don't eat my friends. Whew. I try to understand that it is a dog's nature to eat meat, and as a thoroughly educated rabbit, I am aware that dogs can become very ill if they switch their diet, and that saddens me. Well, I know, but it can't be helped, right? Poodles are poodles, after all. Um, so, uh, tell me about your um, vegan ways. Uh, well, my human and I actually have a garden where we grow some of our food. We grow lots of things that rabbits like, such as carrots, lettuce, and cilantro. We also have artichokes, zucchini, and squash. There are some things in the garden that my human does not let me go near, such as tomatoes and peppers, both of which can be harmful to bunnies. Yeah, I don't like veggies either. Um, I don't like them really at all. Um, I eat Purina, um, E-N, gastroenteric, which is for older poodles like me. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to admit that I am not as much of a veggie fan as I am a fan of bananas. Oh, God, I love bananas. Oh, bananas, bananas, bananas. Oh, I love bananas. Oops, there I go again. I must behave myself and act thoroughly educated. <laughs> you certainly are bananas for bananas. <laughs> you get that minute. Anyway, um... How do you grow your garden? Well, we take extra special care with our garden. We water our garden every day, use organic fertilizer, and we make sure that the plants get lots of sun. And sometimes my human even sings to the plants. <laughs> That's silly. <laughs> Singing to plants, right? Really? Plants don't have ears unless they are corn. <laughs> get it? Corn? Ears? <laughs> yes, corn. Uh, um, what do you do with veggies after they're grown? My human often makes a lot of vegan meals. Vegan meals are cruelty-free. Well, what are some types of things she makes? She'll make ratatouille. The rat? Don't worry, no 
little furry friends are hurt in that dish. Oh, well then, what's ratatouille? It is sliced veggies such as squash, eggplant, and tomatoes sautéed in olive oil and herbs. Wait, she cuts up the vegetables that she sings to? I mean, she sears them in oil, right? And isn't that sort of unkind? What else does she make? Uh, well, well, uh, veggie soup. The veggies are are, are are cut up and slowly cooked in broth for hours. Wait, so even after they survived the chopping, she boils them alive? Um, well, yes. What about the artichokes? My human steams them. Then, well, she rips off their leaves and pulls out their hearts. Oh, no. Oh, the humanity. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry, Dr. Fluffy. Are you okay? You look a little pale. I think I need to lie down for a bit. I'm feeling a bit faint. I think maybe you should switch to kibble. Well, um, <clears throat> I'd like to thank Fluffy uh, for being on our show. That's with a PhD. And um, he, he had to lie down for a second. It was too much for him. <laughs> too much for me, really. Too. Anyway, I'd like to thank Fluffy for being on our show. And this is Midge, the poodle. And this is the world. As I see it, are, are you okay, Fluffy? Are, are you okay? He's sleeping. What you just heard was a song called In the Name of What? And I have with me Andrew Klein who is one of the founders of Big Mean Sound Machine. And I am very excited to have you here, Andrew. I love this song. I, I personally heard it, and we're going to be hearing it in a few minutes in, in its entirety here. And the album we're looking at is Contraband that came out over a year ago, I believe. Yeah, it came out in uh, 2014, actually. The names are so funny. How did this come out? We've always kind of away from being too political, but we did want to give people something to think about. So, you know, that particular title, In the Name of What, was we were thinking about, what are we doing? What are, what's going on with our lives, with our careers, with our band? What are we waking up for? We're waking up in the name of something, and it can be whatever you want it to be. I believe in that so. philosophy. I do the same. You know, and I'm listening to your music also. It has this funky type of beat. It definitely has some different type of cultural influence. Tell me, uh, what type of genre um, will our audience be listening to today? We've struggled for years with how to refer to our music in concrete terms as far as like a style goes. I like to consider it dance music. It's really party music, and our goal is to keep people moving, but in slightly more concrete terms, we draw a lot of influence from Afrobeat and other various styles of Western African music. We also pull a fair amount of influence from Latin America. One of our percussionists is Brazilian, and he brings a fair amount of that influence to the table. We're kind of always evolving. best way I can describe the style would be dance party music, music to move to. Okay, so let's listen to In the Name of What? 
from the contraband from the band called Big Mean Sound Machine. And let's party. with our weather report. Partly sunny today, high reaching 79 degrees, lows in the mid-40s by tonight, tomorrow in the mid-80s, reaching a low of 60 degrees. Chilly tonight. That's right, Ann. Chilly. Whip out those onesies and put on the heater unit. We are going to freeze our bleeps off tonight, if you know what I mean, Ann. 
Well, I didn't mean chilly in that extreme. Oh, it's going to be winter before you know it, Anne. Snow, snow, snow. Oh, please. I don't even want to hear that four-letter word. Snow? Oh, Anne, you have to face the facts. This is going to be the coldest and worst winter yet. I mean, folks, make sure your snowblower works. Get a tune-up. As a matter of fact, get a new machine. Your old one won't be able to handle all this snow. Stop it. Stop it, Joe. I don't want to hear about the wet, white stuff. It's going to be almost 80 degrees outside today. I know. I know, but it's getting chillier in the evenings, and you know what happens then. No, and I don't care. The leaves are going to change color. Well, I enjoy that. And then the leaves are going to fall off one by one. Joe? Dying, dying one by one. Stop it, Joe. Gasping for air, trying to hold onto that branch with their last gasp of air. I'm not listening. Falling, falling. Plugging my ears, Joe. La, 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 la. Do you hear it, Anne? I'm dying. I'm dying. What is wrong with you? We are victims of our own denial, Anne. Global warming, Anne. Global warming. Yes. Yes, I know all about global warming, Joe. Well, did you know this will be one of the most devastating winters yet? I mean, winter enthusiasts, the ones who like skiing, shovel my snow. Go ahead, shovel my snow and ski downhill. I have to go to work at 3.30 in the morning. Now, I'm uh, looking at the meteorology report, Joe. It's going to be in the 80s all week, Joe. 80s. So? So? It's cooler every night. And you know what that means, Anne? We will be jealous of Eskimos, Anne. Eskimos will be running around naked while we're piling on sweaters and blankets, Anne. You have enough blankets, Anne? Do you? Uh, um, I didn't think so, Anne. I didn't think so. Uh, uh, you need serious help, Joe. Why? Because I can see ahead? Because I care? Don't stick your head in the sand, Anne. The ground will be frozen. Yeah, that does it. You're not even making sense. I'm calling the FCC and the EPA and the MPW. MPW? Mental psych ward. I'm not crazy, Anne. They're selling Halloween candy in the pharmacy stores. So? Christmas trees in department stores. Deck the hall and ho, ho, ho. Shovel, shovel, mounds of snow. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my God. Oh, snow. Snow. I oh can't take it. The He's snowmen are the coming. Get no, the paramedics. Get away from uh, me with that and snow. And now, uh, uh, now uh, to Steve, uh, our Roman reporter. Thanks, Anne. Sweltering heat here in New York City. Coolants run low in cars, causing problems in air conditioning and motor failure. Forecast predicting high in the low 90s. We're back with Andrew Klein here in our studio. Before we listen to the next song, which is called, which I love, Whoa Gosh, tell me, how did your band start? How many years ago? You're one of the founding members of the group. You're the drummer. No, one of the drummers. Well, we actually, believe it or not, just about everybody in the band plays drums, which I think is one of the reasons that we're so rhythmically oriented. I am the person who has the honor and privilege of actually getting to perform on the drum set with the band. But we're all drummers and we're all percussionists in one form or another. 
As far as the origins of the band, there was another band that several of us founders played in. And we were just kind of uh, a little bored and disillusioned and wanting something that we weren't getting out of that project. Kind of hard to put into words. I think really we just wanted to play shows that made people dance. And with that last band, it was kind of cerebral music. There was a lot to think about, but it wasn't moving people the way that we were really hoping to move people. A few of us got together, and after listening to a whole bunch of really interesting, influential music that some teachers of ours in college shared, we decided that we wanted to explore these rhythms further and sort of get away from the typical Western American backbeat two and four type of thing. It's been consistently evolving over the past seven years, too. We started in June of 09, so it's seven years this month. That's a long time. Um, basically, we started with having a party, which right. is where we're continuing to head as well. All right, so we're going to be listening to Whoa Gosh, another fantastic title, from the Big Mean Sound Machine. <laughs>
the reporter from WJDM. Huh? Hey, I think you're right. It looks just like him. I wonder what he's doing here at the bathroom, Mark. I guess even celebrities have bathrooms in their houses. Let's go and get his autograph. No, don't go over there. I'm sure he hates it when strangers come up to him in public. Nonsense. He's a TV star. They love that attention. Oh, Jake. Jake. Susie, don't embarrass us. Excuse me. You're Jake Jocelyn, aren't you? No. I get that a lot, but I'm not him. I'm someone else. Oh, you're just being coy. <laughs> Come on, Jake. How about signing an autograph for us? It'll only take a second. No, I don't sign autographs. And I'm not Jake Joslin. Come on, Susie. He obviously doesn't want to be bothered. Let's go. Jake, we just love watching you on the 11 o'clock news right before we go to bed. You're so good at making those complicated news stories easy to understand. I am? I, I mean... I'm keep telling you I'm not Jake. Please, let me buy my bathroom rug in peace. Oh, you're buying a green bathroom rug? Oh, well, I hope your bathroom walls are pink. No, they're brown. Well, then you can't have a green rug. Whatever you're thinking, let me find you something suitable. Susie, I'm sure Mr. Joslin can pick out his own bathroom rug. Your husband's right, lady, and I'm not Mr. Joslin. Please, Jake, just one autograph. No! People have been selling my autographs on eBay, and I never get a piece of the action. And I'm not Jake Joslin. Well, then, how about a selfie of you and me? I'll be done in a flash, and then I'll be on my way. Smile. No! Get away from me, lady! Security! Bodyguard! Somebody! Susie, let's just get out of here before we get arrested. Well, I just don't understand why he has to be so rude. Well, hey there. You're Jake Joslin, aren't you? I watch you on TV right before I go to sleep. Gives me erotic dreams all night long. Can I get your autograph? Oh, yeah, baby. You can have whatever you want from me. Jake Joslin aims to please his fans. Hey, I thought you weren't Jake Joslin. Why are you so friendly to her, but you wouldn't give us the time of day? I think that would be obvious, even to someone as dull as you. Hey, who do you think you are talking to my wife that way? I think I'm Jake Joslin, that's who. Oh, Jake, you're so manly when you get snippy with the common people. Common people? Common people? You hussy! 
Hussy? Jake, are you going to let her call me a hussy? Whoa, don't get me involved in your personal problems, honey. What? And I thought we had a bright future ahead of us, Jake. Well, goodbye, and I'm going to watch Channel 10 from now on. Hey, I think you were better off when you weren't Jake Joslin. Yeah, it ain't easy being me. And I still need that bathroom rug. Look, Jake, here's the deal. You pose for a selfie with me, and I'll find you a nice rug to go along with those brown walls of yours. Okay. But I'm not Jake Joslin. Whatever. Okay, look like a TV star. There, all done. And here's a lovely beige rug that will look perfect in your brown bathroom. Goodbye, Jake. See you at 11. Well, Susie, you handle that with your usual lack of common sense. Let's check eBay and see how much we can get for that picture. And we're back with Andrew Klein from the Big Mean Sound Machine. And there must be like a gazillion of you in this band. How many of you are there? Because it's not always the same amount, but I see a lot of people in your band, talented people. There are lots of us, and, and everybody is thankfully incredibly talented. We pretty much change the lineup with some regularity. We like when the same people show up, but there's a lot of schedules to balance. Oftentimes, the band is only nine or ten people, but sometimes it's ten or eleven or twelve people. It's been as few as eight and as many as fourteen. It's pretty much a function of people's availability. I, being the drummer, and Angelo Peters, our bass player, he and I make every gig. Everybody is equally part of the family. We just love making music with whoever is available. And the bonus of having a, a sort of rotating personnel list is that the music never gets stale. We could play the same set list two weekends in a row, and it would sound different each time. So what we're going to be listening to now is called The Contraband, which is the title song of your album that you have out? Correct? Yeah, Contraband's the name of the album, and Contraband is this track y'all are about to hear. This was actually inspired by the time that we got pulled over on our way to Vermont. They found some things that we wish they didn't find, oh. and, uh, oh, but, uh, well, you know, we, we like to relax when we're in the van. That's, yeah, well, um, you know, I won't say anything more, but that is art. I mean, what can I say? So let's listen to Contraband from the Big Mean Sound Machine. <laughs>
boys and girls. How's everyone doing today? Yeah, we're good. Awesome. My mommy always said that when I grow up, I'm going to be an older person. <laughs> now that's something, eh, kids? <laughs> Tell us a story, Uncle Bob. Would you like to hear a story? Sure would. Does everyone want to hear a story? Yeah, yeah I want to hear a story. Are you sure? Yeah, please. Oh, all righty then. Shh. You have to be real quiet, okay? Okay, Uncle Bob. Now, several years ago, after Uncle Bob snuck into the barber shop just above the basement he was illegally living in to use the phone, he noticed a really slick-looking travel magazine sitting on the table next to the big hydraulic haircutting chair. It showed beautiful pictures of islands of pure white sand beaches, huge palm trees, and spectacular photos of handsome men and gorgeous women lying in comfortable lounge chairs, just smiling at each other, <laughs> relaxing, wow. and sipping on colorful umbrella-clad drinks. <laughs> That's awesome! However, boys and girls, the only way to get there was to sail on one of those big cruise ships. But Uncle Bob didn't have any money, and he wanted very much to sail on that big cruise ship and go to that island and find that beach so he could live just like those people in the travel magazine oh, pictures. Yeah. Uncle Bob began to feel real sad because he knew in his heart that the only way he could ever come up with that much money was to rob a bank, and that was something he just couldn't do. He didn't even have cab fare to get across town to the nearest bank. I'll give him money from my piggy bank. Well, Uncle Bob wasn't going to give up that easily, so after a wee bit of ingenuity and some scrounging around, he found a credit card in the top right-hand drawer of the barber's desk mm -hmm. and then called the toll-free number at the bottom of the travel magazine page and booked a trip for the very next day. Oh, wow. Wasn't it nice of that barber to leave his credit card oh, in the yeah. desk for Uncle Bob to use? Yeah, I'm a barber. Sure Who thinks Uncle Bob should be happy and not let a little thing like money stand in the way of achieving his dreams? Me! Now that's what I'm talking about. Everybody ready to hear more of the story? Yeah! Okay, now, where was I? Oh yes, I remember. That night, that night, Uncle Bob went back downstairs to gather all his belongings together and get ready to travel to his new life on an exotic Caribbean island. First thing in the morning, he grabbed his two pair of underwear, his English-to-Canadian language translation book, and a sock, and he was ready to go. He headed straight out the basement window and began walking towards where he thought the cruise ship should be. Unfortunately, he was headed in the wrong direction and didn't realize it until he was five blocks away. Five? What did he do, Uncle Bob? Why, he didn't do anything. He just stood there for a long time contemplating what he should do next. He wasn't used to having a dilemma like this because Uncle Bob never had to go anywhere before. No. So after consigning himself to the fact that he was destined to be a big nobody, he hung his head and slowly walked back towards nowhere, oh, realizing he will never have the opportunity to live in the life he always wanted since last night. Uncle Bob couldn't think straight and proceeded to walk aimlessly out into the street, no, not no, caring if he got ran over by a bus or not. Buses his mind man. started wandering back to the time when he was a little boy, sitting at the breakfast table looking over an old, outdated issue of Boy's Life magazine and wishing how happy he would be if he only had a Schwinn pea picker bicycle. <laughs> One with a high-rise handlebars, a rear slick tire, and banana seat. Mm. 
the very same one pictured with the advertising pages on the back of his Boy's Life magazine. He remembered a small glimmer of hope and possibility as it passed before his eyes that he might actually be able to own that bike. I have a bike. Mm, A very specific Mm. moment indeed, albeit a moment of fleet. For that particular moment was quickly swept away as his stepmother whacked him in the back of his head, screaming at him to put down that stupid magazine and finish his bowl of oatmeal. It was then that he realized he had walked face first into a light post. Uncle Bob sobbing uncontrollably into the palm of his hands. Oh, all he could do was wish it would end and he'd never have to feel the pain of life again. But then, all of a sudden, Uncle Bob realized he still had the barber's credit card, and all he had to do was flag down a taxi and use it to take him to the pier so he could board the cruise ship. He was on his way and so proud of himself for figuring this out all on his own. But when he finally got to the pier, he found that he was too late. The ship had already started to set sail and was headed towards the dream that Uncle Bob knew was his destiny without him. What a tragedy. So, Uncle Bob, wasting no time putting to use his newfound decision-making skills, stuffed his underwear and sock in his front pocket, took a few steps back, crouched in a sprinter's position, and ran as hard and fast as he could, launching himself off the end of the pier towards the big cruise ship. The plan was to grab a hold of the mooring ropes hanging off the side of the ship, whereby he could climb up and finally be on his way to the paradise where he belonged. But... Because Uncle Bob knew nothing about math or the peripheral skills of approximation, he missed the ship by about 40 yards, landing him smack dab in the middle of the cold, shark-infested waters of the bay. At this point, Uncle Bob knew he was in trouble. Not so much for the cold, shark-infested water, but was in more to the point where he was now 20 feet below the dock and he didn't know how to swim. He dog-paddled as if his life depended on it. Which it did. Furiously, he tried to get to shore before it was all over for him, when suddenly he saw the foreboding dorsal fins of a school of great white sharks surrounding him. Closer and closer, they shrank the circle until he felt one of the monsters brush up against him, almost knocking him over in the water. And then... What? Yeah! He felt the stinging heat of a thousand hot, vice-piercing needles clamping down upon his leg. So what happened next, Uncle Bob? He pulled it, just like I'm pulling yours. Well, did you like the story, kids? Yeah, Uncle Bob. That was the best story we ever heard. Really? Really? Look at your leg. Ah, oh my God, my leg! No! you guys. And we are back finally for our last part of this interview with Andrew Klein from Big Mean Sound Machine. You are coming out with a new album in the fall, is that correct? We are, yes. Our fourth studio release is due out this fall. We don't even have a title to share with you yet. We're still in the production process, but we are very near the end of the production for the music itself. There's a whole bunch of concerts that you can check out on the website of BigMeanSoundMachine.com. So I just want to thank you again, Andrew, uh, for being on our show. My pleasure is mine for you. Thank you. My pleasure, too. And don't forget, these songs can be heard on my site. The samples and the website is connected to our website on KBCabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com. 
And don't forget to download our app to hear the show in its entirety. And again, Andrew, we are going to be closing with Wolfpack, another sensational song. Thank you again, Andrew, very much for being on our show. My pleasure.
Well, folks, that's all for today's show of KB Cabaret. I want to thank you, our wonderful audience, for tuning in. KB Cabaret could not exist without you. I would also like to thank our hardworking actors and writers, Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and Bill Murray. And I'd like to thank our hardworking sound engineer, Charles Berman, and his assistant, Valentine Monfuega. My musical engineer, Dave Rice, and a special shout-out to Christina Danella, my former music engineer, who is now working on Broadway. KB Cabaret is always looking for original musicians and writers. Inquire at kbcabaret.com. And sponsors, we have a special page just for you at kbcabaret.com. Just go on to the sponsors link and hook up. In Parlor City, there are no goodbyes, only farewells. Until next time, this is Bree Harvey. Have a Calabaloo type of day. Thank you for coming, coming to stay a while. Thank you for coming to spend some time. We'd love to have you and share our Parlor City. Back again now to KB Cabaret.